Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output Podcast, we've got a pair of stories about the fabulous world of footwear. person has Instagram. It's the easiest way social media. You know, I love, my favorite thing about sneaker culture is how there's so many different options of businesses. So there's like the customizers, the painters, there's the guy who's making the, the nice laces, there's the guy who's making the cleaners, there's the guy who's like making notebooks about, about sneaker design, you know, the, the sneaker blogs. That to me is so dope and Instagram just helps bring all the people together. Instagram, which just celebrated its 10th anniversary, is the most important thing that ever happened to sneaker culture, according to writer Ray Witte. In a recent piece for InputMag.com, she explains how the app changed streetwear forever, for better and for worse. Here Ray is reading an excerpt from her article. Unlike the if-you-know-you-know mentality of sneaker forums or hanging around the local sneaker or skate shops before the rise of social media apps, Instagram gave streetwear a platform that has taken what was once a subculture into mainstream territory. And the app is perhaps one of the reasons why it's so difficult to buy pairs today. Everyone sees them. Everyone wants them. Welcome to the show, Ray. Thanks for having me, Mark. So let's start with how has Instagram changed sneaker culture for the better? I think the positives are the mass acceptance has afforded sneaker lovers, sneaker enthusiasts. It's afforded people to make a business out of something that was once simply a hobby, a passion. So to know that StockX is responsible for a billion dollars in sneaker sales and it's not a brand I think is really mind-blowing that we've reached that point and that it's this own like business ecosystem from resellers to sneaker media sites to sneaker influencers I think it's really impressive that it's come so far in such a short time. And I don't think that that happens without Instagram. In the piece, you argue that it's also done a lot of harm to streetwear culture. So much of the education around sneakers was lost. So much of the culture around it has been appropriated. So much has turned into this, which we talk about in the story, this homogenous look that never needed to be. And I think that it, well, a lot of it was pandering two likes it went from clickbait on websites and blogs and what like 2014 every site was like buzzfeed and list after list after list and when brands and individuals realized the power instagram had and then swiftly taken away by the algorithm i think everything got very um like, I don't think the Fila Disruptor becomes sneaker of the year without Instagram. Your story addresses what you just referred to as this homogeneous look on Instagram, which is light skin, racially ambiguous young women posing in urban settings. Definitely. And I think you see it in places that maybe we didn't know sneaker culture existed. So it's really hard to know if it was an organic thing that started there or if it has just been like copied from the internet. Even to Mr. Patel's point, 
that his family in India wasn't into sneakers like they are now. He would go to visit family from living in the U.S. and was always really into sneakers. And now he's finding others that have become more enthusiastic about it. But I'm sure that it's interesting for him to find regional U.S. trends in places that didn't have much sneaker culture 10, 15 years ago. So has Instagram ruined sneaker culture? No, I don't think it's ruined sneaker culture per se. I do think that it has afforded a good amount of erasure from the foundation of it. I think it has afforded a lack of education. And I think to Russ Bengston's point, when you look at someone's sneakers, it says something wildly different than it did 10 years ago. And it could be the same silhouette. And even like I was joking around on Twitter yesterday and not joking, like genuinely meaning it, like found a pair of sneakers I love and come to find out it's a Supreme collab one and no shade towards Supreme. But what I see when someone has a pair of Supreme collab on their feet is not really what I want to be perceived as one, two, I know that those are impossible for me to get. I'm not somebody that is going to log onto the sneakers app. I'm not somebody that's going to fight the crowds to log on to Supreme.com at 11 a.m. every Thursday. That has never been my life. So I think that that part of it is a little disheartening. I mean, I'm six feet tall. I'm, I'm an athlete. I grew up in sneakers my whole life. So to know that it's like shopping when you just find a pair of sneakers that you genuinely love is like such a drag. I think that that is what a lot of people's gripe is, especially a lot of people who have been enthusiasts for two decades or more. You can follow Ray on Twitter at Ray Witty. Now on to today's second story. We had to design a product that uses only one material so that it can be recycled in one piece. The material we use is a very beautiful one. It's made from castor beans, so it actually grows on a tree. The Swiss footwear brand On Running recently announced a new Cyclone model, a 100% recyclable running shoe that will be available exclusively through a monthly subscription. For $29.99 a month, subscribers will be able to trade in the Cyclone for the latest version of the sneaker. On Running will then recycle the worn shoe to be used in another generation of running gear. InputMag.com news writer Ian Cervantes recently wrote about this news. Here he is reading an excerpt from his piece. The lightweight, high-performance Cyclone sneaker comes in at just 7 ounces and is 100% recyclable. More than 50% of its materials are made from castor beans. By marketing the Cyclone as a sneaker you'll never own, On Running is striving to eliminate waste from sportswear with circular design. Welcome back to the show, Ian. Yeah, thank you for having me. So tell me about what On Running is doing or plans to do. Yeah, so the weird thing is we're kind of talking about this like a year out from now, but essentially they just launched a new sneaker that's 100% recycled and is going to operate on a subscription model. So you pay $29.99 a month and basically you can trade in the sneaker whenever you want. They're going to take that sneaker and then in turn turn it into new products and then you'll get the latest version of this product itself. So this, as you point out in your story, is a model that's already been braced a little bit by Adidas and Nike. Is this the future of shoes? I mean, I don't think shoe ownership as we know it is going to entirely go away. People want to own their shit. And then also, you know, as far as sneakerheads, like having this collection is a big thing. But I think it's something we're going to see these companies continue to dabble with. 
you know, we've seen subscription services kind of take over almost every single space. So what Nike's done is they've done their own subscription model, but with a focus on kids. The idea is to kind of mitigate the cost of keeping up with your kids' growth. So for $20 a month or starting at that, depending on how much you pay, you can trade in the kids' sneakers from four to 12 times per year. And then Adidas, they haven't actually gone to market with this, but they've done something similar from the sustainability standpoint, where they have this Futurecraft Loops shoe that is 100% recycled, and that can be in turn recycled into another sneaker. So they did kind of a pilot program with influencers last year where they gave out 200 pairs of these sneakers, and then after a few months, they had the influencers return them. Then six months later, they had them recycled, turned into another pair to be given out to them. They were originally planning on taking this idea to market this year, but that hasn't happened. It's gone kind of quiet. I would imagine that COVID probably has something to do with that. So just from an aesthetic standpoint, what do you think of these Cyclone sneakers? They're very basic, no frills sneakers. They're just all white. I don't necessarily see this as a sneaker you're going to want to wear every day, but I think for a running shoe, it looks pretty solid. One of the things you're seeing with some of the sustainable shoes, um, especially when they're 100% recycled, is they're not that crazy as far as like colorway or design. And I think that's probably something they're going to have to work through in the future. I think as the technology develops, they'll be able to do a lot more things with them. You can follow Ian on Twitter at Ian underscore Cervantes, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.